Hi, I'm Diane Hullett, and this is the Best Life, Best Death podcast. And I'm excited today to be joined by Jennifer Carroll. Hi, Jennifer. Hello. How are you, Diane? <laughs> I'm good. Jennifer and I met um, not that long ago, this summer, but we kind of knew of each other through mutual friends and family. And we both have this incredible interest in a well-crafted story and awesome memoirs. And so we started talking about that and decided that a podcast was in the making. Yes, we both have a strong interest and interestingly in tributes leading also to excellent obituaries. And and we'll get into some of that in a moment. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, give us kind of your background because you, you, you actually come to this with a lot of history. Yes. I, I spent many years in the newspaper profession. I served as an editor and, uh, and a writing coach in many different capacities. And after I retired uh, about seven years ago, I thought a lot about what in my career did I enjoy the most, what meant the most to me. And I really focused on helping people tell their stories coaching writers has always been my one of my favorite things to do and uh, I'm also very interested in people's stories uh, I, I think that everyone has extraordinary moments even if they feel ordinary and on the flip side I think that people that feel ordinary need to tell their stories to get the extraordinary moments out and uh, so that, that's just what I enjoy doing I love that. I love that. So it's like in retirement, you found this whole other calling that yeah. has to do with connecting with people and listening and, and then them or you writing. Exactly. And I, I have been very lucky to help edit several books with authors. I love working with first time authors and helping develop the, the scene setting, the dialogue, the, the background. And, and through that, I've, I've learned very quickly that not everybody is comfortable with the idea of being an author or writing a book. And uh, so I started coaching. I, I've led workshops just on memoirs alone because I, I think there's no greater gift than being able to not only tell your own story, but those of people around you, if you wish. That's amazing. How do you, how do you even, how do you even, you know, someone who, who says, well, I have some things I think I want to say, but I wouldn't even know where to begin. How do you begin to coach them or how do you open a workshop? Part of it is getting into what I like to think of as your, your writing voice. Uh, and that means relaxing quite a bit. It means using all your senses. Uh, sometimes I encourage people to go out for walks and listen and smell and, and open yourself up to the kind of images and scene setting that then we all talk about and then write about. And uh, there's, there's a lot that I learned from being in the newspaper business because fortunately we were encouraged to talk about translating and writing. And we often said, tell it to your mom or tell it to your friend before you sit down to start talking, I mean, to start writing. And, and part of that does help. 
uh, I, in, in order to get people to think about stories that they want to tell, we usually start out the workshops with, tell me a story about a very funny thing that happened on your last vacation or something easy like that to, to get you thinking and in mode, if you will, and being receptive and then starting the process. Be- because I love what you said too, because we all have stories whether they're large or small. And some people, like I think about some of the incredible stories that have come out of like World War II veterans. Like I remember reading The Greatest Generation, such a powerful book of the stories of these young soldiers who went off at this, you know, pivotal time in world history. And so sometimes we get trapped thinking like, well, that's a story, but mine is just this ordinary life. And so a very wise person said to me once, you don't have to tell your whole life story but maybe just one important story from your life. And I, I also think uh, it's, it's important to say this too. I, I enjoy writing and not everyone does. A lot of people are paralyzed by the thought of writing, but we all have our gifts. Some people like to, to shoot video. Some, some like to tell their stories with photographs. I know one person who told the searing story of her husband's death in charcoal drawings. And all of those are very credible and wonderful means of, of sharing and telling stories. Uh, another really interesting point that comes up a lot as I talk to people about memoirs, especially, is they wonder if they, they would like to tell their dad's story, but they wonder, is that my story to tell? And I, I like to give this concrete example of one that my husband actually wrote about his dad, who was a sailor. And he, and he asked his dad, hey, dad, will you write about that one time that everybody almost died on the boat race, um, which the, the terrible stories usually come up first. And he, if he had been told that he was compiling his own memoir, it all would have been shut down in a second. But he, right. But he, right. he would have been like, no, thank you. <laughs> exactly. He wrote it out on, on a yellow legal pad, which is what he was most comfortable with. And then my husband typed it into a book format. And then he got some family photos, some maps, some charts. Then he had the patience to wait a little while and then say, hey, dad, how did you get started singing? And by the time all that was done, it was a great Father's Day gift and a big surprise. And then when he passed 10 years later, we read from that book, it is his memorial. And to be able to talk about his love of sailing in his own words was priceless. Priceless. And then the other really wonderful bonus of, of having that done in a book is that when he passed, by then the, our, his grandchildren, our own kids who were young when we did the first book, were in their 20s and said, hey, did, wasn't there a book? And he, we, all, of, all of the relatives in the family were able to order that. I love that story. I love that. And I love that it was in, you know, in his words, kind of elicited from him in this very gentle way, right, that really worked. I'm I'm reminded when you when you say this thing about, you know, start with one story, my grandmother decided to write some stories of her life. And the one she started with was her dog. She had this one dog, they had many dogs, but she had this one dog named Zip. And Zip was her beloved a big, uh, oh, I'm going to draw a blank, whether he's a Husky or a Malamute, big dog. And um, so she just hand wrote that out and I offered to type it up for her. And we created a little, you know, went to Kinko's and 
did a little binding on it and everybody got a copy of Zip. And she was so proud of that. She really loved it. And then I think that opened the floodgates to telling some more stories. So I, I know what you mean about just like start somewhere, start small, start with the one that you know you want people to remember. Exactly. And and what you the story you just described is perfect. I find that often to be true. You start small and then and then when it, and it, I always say, don't let technology get in your way. There are we are lucky today and there are so many different ways to publish. But one is type it up, copy it. <laughs> hand it around old to your school family. right hand it's it very around. old school and there is something i talk about this sometimes with people there's something about the solidity of a document mm-hmm. uh, whether that's a fancy bound book or a st- stapled together you know 20 page document it's like it allows it to be real in a way that sometimes the technology gets away right if it was all on a floppy disk we wouldn't still have it exactly and what I often find, like you said, it opened the floodgates for your grandmother. Uh, that happens too. If they, if you can put it in their hands and say, see what I've been compiling, people get it and they start contributing. And I find that very true with memoirs uh, that, that if somebody thinks this is only going to be about me, I usually try to coach them to ask their family to contribute or to find family papers and other documents that already have been done. And often when we print it out, maybe we're not completely finished, but we say, here's what we're working on. It's amazing what people will contribute or, or comes news, forward. newspaper articles that can be scanned. Uh, yeah. Negatives that are in closets that never saw the light of day. Uh, those are the kind of priceless things that really contribute to these life stories. Absolutely. I love that your, your husband found, you know, sailing charts and photos. I mean, how, how personal and real does that make a sailing story? That's great. What, what about this? You alluded at the beginning, we talked about sort of tributes, um, memoirs, we've touched on a little obituaries. What more would you say about that? I, I, I'm going to tell you a story. I, when I was a young reporter, uh, I, my first job as a rookie, which often goes to rookies, is the weekend cops beat, which means you work Fridays and Saturday nights. <laughs> and one thing that happened then is that the funeral homes would call in the obituaries. And this was still a time when, when they were paid and they followed a format and they were quite stodgy. We've all seen it. Survived by, died on this date, services are very little about the person's life. And then they started opening up a little bit to say, okay, here, describe some highlights of this person's life. And I started realizing these are some of the best stories in the newspaper. I wanted to know more. Then as time went on, obituaries became paid. What I found, even as I started helping friends with this, that they still wrote in that in that stodgy format. I, and I, my, my message is say whatever you want to say. The survivors can go be there. They can be at the end. Uh, I, I was talking to a friend whose father was a obstetrician and delivered a lot of babies. And she said, she sent me the obituary that she was going to offer. And it started with the survivors. And again, nothing wrong with that, but it just didn't say too much about him. And then she said, my dad was called the baby doctor. I'm like, that's where we start. He was the baby doctor. I Mm -hmm. bet there are so many people 
who will remember him. And so we revised the entire story of his death and, and it was much more of a tribute. And so that's what that's, I, I think even if, if you have a loved one who is near death or is sick and how, as sad as that is, uh, it can be very cathartic to start thinking, how, what do we want to say about him or her, my mother, my father, my grandmother, my sister, and share that with the family, have everybody else contribute. Uh, I, I know in, in a death in, in my family, my sister said, he liked music. I said, tell me what kind of music? What was his favorite music? Well, he also told bad dad jokes. I'm like, what were the dad jokes? <laughs> I, and I was so pleased at his service when the minister who had read his obituary said to his children, I hear your dad told really bad jokes. And that got everybody talking. You know that awkward silence that happens when they say, does anybody want to have a tribute to this person? And so a lot of, and then they started playing his music. Hello Walls was one of his favorite songs. And suddenly I realized they are playing Hello Walls. Beautiful. And how that can all tie together and really feel like a, like a, strong tribute and a powerful connection and bring elicit like beautiful memories rather yeah. than just this dry stodgy facts you know i think maybe that's where obituaries started they were the facts of a life exactly. but you're really talking about what are the memories of a life and how are those shared and and what is this person's legacy and i i often also point out if anybody googles that person's name forever that tribute is going to come up. What do you want that to say? What do you, how do you want people to know that your loved one or the person that you're helping write the story? Beautiful. So there's kind of, we're kind of talking about two levels. One, what is the story that you want to tell about yourself? And then two, what is the story we want to tell about our loved ones? Yeah. I think both of those are so, so powerful, Jennifer. Thank you so much. I, I, uh, it, it is uh, fascinating uh, and it's, it's so interesting. The more questions you ask, the more that you think about it, that you can not only tell more people about your own imprint in the world, which whether you think is interesting or not, think about five generations from now, two generations from now, what, what are they gonna look back and wanna know? I, I, I look at it also as, as just helping and helping your family and everyone understand your extraordinary moments. I love that. Thank you so much. I hope this conversation inspires people to sort of, you know, take the plunge in whatever way that means to them. As you said, it could be writing, it could be a video, it could be a recording, it could be a charcoal drawing. Exactly. What's the story you want to tell and what are the things you want to share? Thanks so much. This has been, I've been joined today by Jennifer Carroll, um, author and extraordinary human being in uh, Michigan. Thanks so much. Thank you, Diane. You're listening to the Best Life, Best Death podcast. And you can find out more about podcasts and courses and um, all the things going on at Best Life, Best Death on the website. Uh, Jennifer, is there a place people can go to find out more? Oh, of course. I am a writing coach and an editor, so I do like to record the books that I have helped other authors write uh, for. And I do a lot of that, not only independently, but also with Mission Point Press, which is a wonderful publishing company. And so all of that can be found on my website. It's jensletterandart.com. So J-E-N-S-L-E-T-T-E-R-S-A-N-D-A-R-T.com. 
Terrific. And also missionpointpress.com. Yes, based in Traverse City, Michigan. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, Diane. You too. Thank you.